Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. I'm Dr. Brianne Shulman Brown, and I am joined today by Dr. Michelle Clear to talk about self doubt and negative self talk, why we have it, and what we can do to overcome it. I'm really excited to get to talk to Dr. Michelle, and I think you will love what she has to say. Dr. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being on. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited for this talk today, um, just to really get into the mental training side of, of you know, fitness, sport, um, just being a human, essentially. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is a big part of life. Uh, <laughs> it's unfortunate that for still a large portion of the population, it's a little bit of a mystery, but I'm always here to demystify the process. So <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about who you are and just kind of what you do. Who I am. <laughs> I know it's a loaded question there. <laughs> so many facets. <laughs> well, I've been an athlete all my life. Um, when I was in high school, I did four sports. Um, I was really good at two of them and went on to college to do a little bit of sports. But then as I got older, I was a uh, competitive triathlete. I did marathons, I've half marathons, cycled many, many centuries, and coached triathletes for 15 years. Um, I've been in, I was in fitness for many, many years. I taught group cycling for many years. I was a personal trainer, I was a health and fitness director, and I had come from New York to California with a master's degree and decided that I did not want to do that work anymore. So I started searching around for another master's degree and found the sports psychology program at John F. Kennedy University, where I currently teach, and was like, wow, sports and psychology, it doesn't seem like there could be anything better. And got my master's degree in sports psychology and my PhD in clinical psychology, and here we are. And I have the very fortunate ability to be able to work with an array of different performers, athletes, musicians, CEOs, actors, runs the gamut of people to help them develop the mental skills they need to most optimally deal with their environment. And I love my work. This is definitely one of the, I would say, really large missing components for a lot of people in their life, as we sort of talked about a couple of minutes ago. But definitely in the things they do and the things that they really care about, this mental piece is just missing. So I love that I'm just able to help people develop that. And I, I totally come from a you're not fix it. I mean, you're not broken. I don't have to fix you model. I come from a place of you may have this skill a little bit, so let's fine tune it, or you don't have this skill, so let's develop it. And again, it's just, it's a great job. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah. I think that's a great thing to point out is a lot of people working with some sort of like mental coach of any sort get this bad connotation about that they are broken and need to be fixed, when in all reality, it's you just need to you know, pull out the answers and, you know, sort out, figure out how to solve a problem rather than fix something that's broken. Yeah. 
in our society, we spend a lot of time physically learning how to do something, and we just expect our head to come along for the ride. But unfortunately, it doesn't come along for the ride in the way that we want it to. And we feel kind of strapped many times, not knowing how to deal with that or what to do about that. And it's just because we don't have the skills, honestly. It's similar to developing the physical skills. Just got to develop the mental skills. <laughs> and then things, it's, it's amazing how things open up for people. Like people are like, wow, I, you know, where were you sooner? And like, where did this come from? And holy cow kind of things, you know, it's amazing. Like a whole new realm of life you never knew. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about a issue that a lot of people have, athletes, humans in general, and that's this self-doubt, this negative self, this negative talk we we develop. Is there like, why does this develop or is that even a possible question to answer? It actually is. I did some research on it because I am one of those people who are always looking for answers to things and trying to get creative and do things in different ways and, you know, yada, yada. But I did some research on that because I was really curious about that. And it actually stems from like hundreds and hundreds, thousands of years ago uh, when people were always in this fight or flight, when they were wondering like, you know, am I going to like live through the night, you know, like the cowboys and Indians type of thing, right? Like Indians were always sort of getting beat up by the cowboys, right? And so they were always like fearing for their life and always in this state of fight or flight. And so what happened over the many you know, hundreds of thousands of years is that we became sort of hardwired to be in that state of fight or flight all the time and sort of focus on the negative, like, oh, something bad's going to happen. Oh, that's going to be terrible. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to go into this. I don't think I'm going to be able to do, you know, like all of these sort of negative thoughts and fears and doubts. We're, we're a little bit hardwired in that way, unfortunately, to think, think and see those things in the forefront rather than being able to see things from a more positive perspective. And you've probably seen, right? There's a few, very few people who have that more positive sort of orientation, right? Where, ah, you know, this seems like nothing's ever wrong and they're really positive. And, you know, you talk to them about something and they're like, Oh, you know what? It's okay. It'll be all right. Like, let's look at it from this perspective. Like there's always a positive here. Um, there's a very few of those people in the world and it's, it's really sad. And I, my hunch is that those people that do come from a more positive orientation actually are nurtured in that way to be a little bit more positive by their family. Uh, yeah, by their family members. So that's pretty fascinating on um, how that developed. <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> So then the question comes in of how do you work with this? What do you do to kind of retrain that part for performance purposes? It is so hard. People are so, they, they're so attached to the negativity and the doubt and the fear. It's really hard to separate, you know, it's like people will say, yeah, but that's who I am. It's like, really? Is that really who you are? 
is that a fact? Because that seems like something your ego, your brain made up, and then you sort of latched onto it, and now you think that's who you are. So, you know, in a small part, that's part of this process and part of the journey is really getting people to think realistically about it. Uh, another, another sort of part of the process is helping people to gradually move in that direction of being more positive. I, if someone is really, really negative, it's really hard to take them really, really positive, right? So I sort of gradually like to move them along, have them observe the positive things that are going on, have them record the positive things that are going on, talk about those things, how they view it, how they feel about it, how they see it, and then start to get them to start to change the language, but again, not completely positive. Um, you know, not from like totally, I really, really stink at this to, oh my God, I'm so awesome. Really, I, I try not to like make those leaps and bounds with people, but taking people to more of like a neutral place and then sort of closer to positive as we move through it. But again, it's, it's really, really hard. And I like to say to people, you know, this negative stuff, We've already talked about how it's not really true, but you, you know, your brain has sort of made this up. Why can't your brain make up the positive stuff, right? That right now you feel like may not be really, really true. You've made the negative stuff really true. Let's now make the positive stuff really true, right? Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's hard. It can definitely be done. I've done it with hundreds of clients. Um, the first step is really just being aware of like what the language looks like when it pops up, what it feels like. And then again, helping people to sort of gradually move into thinking and seeing more positive things. What I found over the many years of doing this work is that one of the keys to this is helping people to, to develop more mindfulness. You've probably heard that term, right? It's all over the place. <laughs> And when I talk to my clients about it, I say, hey, we don't have to look at it like that. We can look at it as like, let's just figure out how to be more present. And when we become more present, then we can also become more aware of this language and then figure out what to do with it, right? Like reframe it, take a breath, move into something else, use a neutral positive mantra to you know, counter it. But I really found that mindfulness being present is really, is really a key, a key in this. Um, yeah, I just, I just find that it's really helpful to be more present and be aware of like actually what is going on as it's going on so that you have the ability to act and respond to it differently. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's something I've actually been working on is just kind of that same mindset as far as being, being fully present, being in the moment and just, you know, being in that place of, you know, of, of awareness, essentially. People struggle with that. I have had some clients who've said, well, that's kind of boring. <laughs> I said, okay, well, let's try to figure out how to make it not boring. Like how, is there a way to make this like more exciting and more interesting for you? Because for me, similar to you, I, I practice mindfulness too. I, and I really appreciate the ability, the ability to be present, 
and then recognize when I'm not present, right, and be able to bring myself back because getting caught up in our head, again, the doubt, the stress, the negativity, the anxiety, right, that grows and grows and grows <laughs> to a place that sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, this is out of control, happens a lot for a lot of people. And again, that's where coming back to this, developing this ability to be more present is really key. I also like to say we can't be present 24-7. It's just not possible, right? But we can develop the ability to be more present and recognize when we've lost our focus and bring it back. Yeah. And, and I think that's key. I was actually just talking to a coach of mine recently about that same thing as far as the, like, you know, I, I work to be that in the moment present person appreciating life and everything. And there's always, there's always going to be something that kind of pulls you away from that. And I get frustrated that I let that happen, but I just have to remember, it's like, I'm human, but I also caught myself and I know how to bring myself back. And yeah. it, it's pretty, it is that it's just recognizing it and knowing how to get back from it. Yeah, totally. And when people develop that ability and realize how much control then they have over their environment, again, similar to what I was saying at the beginning, they go, oh my gosh, really? What? <laughs> you know, so many of my clients, yeah, have just felt so helpless, right, over their brain and their ego and their thoughts and their emotions and giving them that ability to be able to recognize it and then decide what they want to do with it. I mean, it's just so empowering for people. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. What are some strategies that you use for, for someone who is still working on the process, but maybe it's they're in the moment and they just had, whether it's a bad race, a bad lift, a bad something, and they're starting to get that self-doubt and get in their head. What are some strategies you, you kind of advise as far as to reset that? Most all of my clients come with that right and obviously like that is a huge part of the practice because this thinking and doubt comes in the form of anxiety it comes in the form of stress it comes in the form of nerve you know it, it, it comes with pretty much everything so one of the ways that I work with clients to combat that is through my system called beating the competition demons and it's really about working in those moments where the demons tend to pop up and sabotage things, you know, for example, the nerves before a performance, right? When the doubt and the fear and the, the nerves, like it's all there. Building some sort of strategy or routine before a performance that will help to get you in the right headspace and also help you to be more calm, centered, focused, hyped, pumped, depends on what you need, but definitely really out of your head and away from that, that negative thinking. Another area that's really critical in performance is that, that that you're just talking about, right? I just had a bad lift or I had a bad split or, you know, whatever it is. Really learning to recognize that, that again, that that's there, going back to the mindfulness just a little bit, and then having some way to combat that. Whether that's like a positive mantra, I've got this, I can do this, I'm excited about this, 
having some way to be able to let go of what's happened because you can't go back and change that. You can't rearrange it. You can't do anything with it. The only thing you can do with it is let it go, reset, and be prepared for the next moment. And, you know, if in the next moment, next lift, next split, mile, whatever, you're still hanging on to that last bad split or that last bad lift, then you're not fully present in the next one. So your energy is totally zapped and taken away by being in your head and thinking about what happened, even though you can't change it, and your energy, your body, your mind are not available for what, what's right in front of you right there. And what accompanies that as well is increased heart rate, sometimes, you know, sweaty palms, which, you know, lifting, that's not a great thing, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, muscle tension, uh, uh, lack of range of motion in your muscles. And those are all things that are totally counterintuitive to, you know, really what we're talking about. So, yeah, developing that ability to realize when those demons sort of pop in and coming up with a game plan for how to deal with those is usually how I like to approach it. Awesome. How much of this negative talk and self doubt comes from like a lack of, I don't know, trust is the right word, but like not trusting their training, not trusting their body to know what to do. Yeah. A good portion of it. A lot of clients will say, well, I don't know if I've trained hard enough or long enough. And generally, that's not the case. Generally, it's just that, again, this fear, doubt, negativity has popped up in their brain and sort of taken over their body. So then they start to doubt what they've done. The other, the other important thing to remember in this situation is that today you're not going to be much better than you were tomorrow. So when we go to competition, usually for some reason in our head, we think, oh, today's the day. Like, I am going to wow, everybody, I am going to be way better than, you know, what I was, which, you know, what I was, that's a whole other like brain teaser. But we have this uh, concept that we're going to be a lot better today than we were yesterday. And you have to remember that you're only going to be as good today as you were yesterday. So it's important to remember, like, really, realistically, where you're at and sort of come from that place and set your expectations from that place. Because otherwise that's what then gets you into the place of like, Oh my gosh, I haven't trained enough. I haven't trained long enough. I haven't trained hard enough. I haven't done enough this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, you've done what you can do. And now all you can do is take that and go here and do with what you have. So, yeah. Makes sense. So as far as overcoming fears, um, you know, we all have fears for different reasons. We tell ourselves stories for different reasons. Um, how do we, what methods, especially when it comes to like competition fears or performance fears, um, you know, how difficult are those to overcome and what do you kind of do for that? 
sort of goes back to what I was saying um, for the last question. It's really about being very realistic about where you're at and realistic with your expectations in, you know, in that moment and that competition. Um, the other is, again, developing a game plan for your mind so that your mind knows what it should be doing. One of the reasons it latches on to all of this other stuff, right, the negativity, the doubt, the stress, the fears, is because it doesn't know what to do. It doesn't know what to latch onto. So it does the first thing that it knows to do is to, you know, latch onto those those deep-seated, deep, dark fears. And when you train the brain that it doesn't have to latch onto those things, and okay, here's your job. This is your job today, and I'm gonna tell you exactly what it looks like, and I'm gonna practice it in practice so you know exactly how to do it, just like the physical skills, practice, practice, practice. Ah, oh, okay, great. Now my brain knows what to do, my body knows what to do and the two pieces can work together and work together more efficiently and more optimally. And again, the results are, yeah, they're pretty amazing. It's really just about training your brain like you train your body so your brain knows what it should do. You know, when you train your brain, I mean, train your body to do the physical things, then when you get the competition, you have the muscle memory and your muscle memory goes, okay here we go I know what I should be doing but the problem is is like your brain gets in the way right so when you train your brain to do what you want it to do so that your muscle memory can do its thing it's a beautiful world yeah so it's really knowing again what you want your brain to do training it to do that and training it to steer clear of the, the nerves and the stress and the fear and all of that stuff. Do you have people do any sort of journaling or anything like that in order and almost in as form of a log as far as tracking triggers or anything like that? Sometimes, usually people are pretty aware of that stuff. So we don't necessarily have to have them keep a journal, but there are one situation where I do have clients keep a journal, especially around fear, is sort of doing a, what I call a brain dump. Like for some clients, part of their pre-performance routine is to just like write for five or 10 minutes, just to dump all of the crap that's in their head down on paper. Uh, I frequently say to clients, your head is like a pinball machine. You know how you, the pinball, you're hitting the ball, right? And it's just ping-ponging around and, you know, on the table. And that's what happens with the thoughts in our head. Is that, you know, that negative thinking is just like pinging around in your head. And it's really got nowhere to go. So it's just there, right? And it just sits there. And that's one of the reasons why you end up feeding it as well. Because it's still there. Oh, mm -hmm. it's still there. Oh, I must need to think about it because it's still there right? So by writing can really help to get that out of your head and get it on paper. So it's not there. And so you don't really have to think about it anymore. So I, you know, journaling comes up 
um, for certain things in certain situations for different clients, but um, that's definitely one of those things where uh, a lot of clients, especially if they have a lot of anxiety and nerves or a lot of fear, that can be really helpful for some of my clients. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I think it's a good way to, like, that's kind of the purpose. I don't do a ton of journaling necessarily, but that's kind of when I do it is when I just have all these thoughts in my head that I just need to get out. So yeah. I stop thinking about them. Is it helpful? Oh, super helpful. Yeah. And just by the time I'm done, whatever stress or whatever, like, issue I'm dealing with, it's like, oh, I have my answer now. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Everything's clear, and now I can actually think. <laughs> I know. I love that. Yeah. Well, again, it's like, you know, there's nowhere for those thoughts and emotions to come out. So, you know, you got to just sometimes just lay it out, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. I want to respect your time. Um, so just kind of any final thoughts, anything super important to mention to our listeners that we haven't talked about? Not really. I just like to reiterate the fact that this mental stuff, training it and developing it is as important as the physical stuff. And when the mental stuff gets in the way for you, it's just because, again, your brain doesn't know what it's supposed to be doing. It doesn't have a job. And, you know, the brain likes to have a job, right? So it's just really important to train your brain for optimal performance and whatever it is that you're doing and again it's not that you're broken and I need to fix you it's just like let's give you the skills so that you feel better and you're enjoying what you're doing and life is kind of fun again right yeah awesome yeah so if someone's listening to this and realizes or thinks that they need to talk to someone regarding mental training how can they find you what's the easiest way to contact you you can find me on my website, which is drmichelleclear.com, D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-C-L-E-E-R-E.com. And then anyone, feel free, even if you have questions and you don't necessarily even want to work together, I'm always here to answer questions. You can email me at drmichelle at drmichelleclear.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for this information today, Dr. Michelle. So helpful for a lot of people. Thanks for having me on, Brianna. I absolutely appreciate it. It was total fun. Awesome. You're quite welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. Show notes can be found at highlyfunctional.org. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you would go on to iTunes and give me a five-star rating and review, as well as share this on social media with all your friends and followers. Until next time, go out and be highly functional.